Welcome to Socialist Revolution Podcast. Today, we are making the case for the urgent need to build a strong international revolutionary organization. America will never be a socialist country. country. Attitudes are changing towards socialism. We believe the only solution is the establishment of a workers' government on a socialist program. The world is in crisis. The events of 2020 have made it crystal clear that capitalism is at an impasse and that it offers no way forward for humanity. So now more than ever, it's time that socialists get organized and fight for socialism in our lifetime. At our recent online Marxist school, we brought together organizers for the international Marxist tendency from across the world. From Pakistan to Brazil to South Africa or France, the comrades share their experiences of building the revolutionary organization in their countries, and they explained why you should join us in this task. If we look at the theme that's really been standing out throughout this whole weekend, is the question of the crisis of capitalism and the fact that we are, you know, 2020 has been the year of the crisis of world capitalism and a real turning point in the accelerations of events on a world scale. In the U.S., uh, we had the largest movement in the history of the country with the Black Lives Matter protest. We had a very long electoral period that culminated in the most chaotic election, I, I should say, perhaps in U.S. history, even more chaotic than 2016, if that was even possible. And all of this happening uh, against the backdrop of a deadly pandemic and the worst crisis, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression, at least since the Great Depression, again, on a world scale. Uh, so with all of this, I think uh, it was very important for us to organize this event, which uh, allows us to get together and not get depressed or demoralized by the scope of this crisis, but rather to draw a balance sheet and take a step back, which allows us to really uh, understand the significance of the period that we're living through, which is indeed a period of uh, crisis and, and confusion and, and chaos, but it's also a period of revolution. And this is very exciting for us uh, that we shouldn't speak of revolutions as something far away in the horizon anymore. Uh, social explosions are happening now worldwide, but this process of revolution that seemed to be foreign to, to the U.S. has also arrived in this country. It's not something abstract anymore, but rather a very concrete perspective that we must urgently prepare for. And so I'd like to start, you know, what, what can we do as socialists to ensure that we would have a successful revolution? And one thing uh, that I'll, I'll definitely say, I'll start with, is that as individuals, there is nothing we can do. Uh, really, we can't really have an impact if we're atomized and we're individuals. Like Karl Marx said, he said that the uh, working class, when it's atomized and uh, as individuals, we're nothing but raw material for exploitation. But it is when we unite in struggle and we organize that we have the power to transform society. So if you consider yourself a socialist, if you liked what you heard during this event, and you haven't yet taken the step to become active in an organization, now is the moment uh, to join 
our organization. If you're not convinced that you want to join, write us anyway, because we'll discuss with you and we'll make sure that you do, because we think that there's never been a better time to be an organized revolutionary socialist active in the movement in the United States and worldwide. Uh, to go a little bit into uh, what the IMT is and who we are, uh, the IMT is a revolutionary Marxist organization, and we're the U.S. section, a socialist revolution, the U.S. section of the IMT. And as an international organization, we don't have this in our name just because we like the sound of it. We are truly an, an international organization that's organizing uh, with uh, sections and uh, with you know uh, members and sympathizers active in over 50 countries around the world. Uh, our, uh, uh, our website, Marxist.com, which is the, the international website, uh, is translated into 50 different languages, uh, and it receives tens of thousands of views every day, which really uh, goes to show basically that, um, you know, the ideas of Marxism have a very broad reach, and that people around the whole world are looking for what we have to say uh, about, about the current state uh, in the world. Um, if we look at, at, again, at the reach of our ideas and of our organization, earlier this year, we organized an event uh, in internationally, the International Marxist University, for which we had uh, 6,500 people registered, I believe, from over 115 different countries. So if we're organizing and active in about 50 countries, there's a whole range of countries there that, you know, uh, shows that people are following us, the work that we're doing, even though they haven't yet taken the step to get involved, which I think is very, very significant. Uh, in the United States, we have comrades in more than 60 different cities and towns, uh, which means that one third of the U.S. population lives in an area with an active IMT presence. If we look also at our uh, online material and the, the reach uh, that we have in the United States, uh, our, uh, we have a bookstore called MarxistBooks.com. Uh, which uh, has tripled in sales volume since the last year. We also have our, our website, socialistrevolution.org, uh, which has tripled in, in views since last year. And again, this really shows that there's a growing interest uh, for a revolutionary perspective and, and socialist solutions to the problems that we're facing, uh, uh, the problems of capitalism in the U.S. But I also think it has something to say with the, uh, about the fact that we place a strong emphasis on ideas, on the question of, of theory, and of really understanding the processes that are taking place right now, studying history, past events, studying current events to make sure that we have a solid grounding and that uh, we're able to uh, develop perspectives and apply that theory. This is not an academic exercise, but rather uh, take that theory and apply it to the living movement and connect with it on the basis of Marxism. And just to provide some examples, uh, for instance, if you look at the Bernie Sanders movement, uh, this was obviously a very significant moment uh, in the political landscape in the U.S. Uh, and it's someone who called himself a, a socialist or a democratic socialist uh, who, um, you know, talked about a revolution against the billionaire class. And many people on the left endorsed him as a Democrat, even though we know we had a whole session on it yesterday. The Democratic Party is a party of the capitalist class. And actually, you see what happened, how his campaign ended precisely because he was running uh, in a capitalist party. Uh, you had others on the left that denounced him because he was too soft, he was a social democrat, not a perfect uh, socialist, and because you know he was a capitalist and they wanted nothing to do with this movement. Uh, whereas we, uh, you know, we recognized, of course, some of the weaknesses in his program, but also the significance 
uh, of what he represented, the fact that he was talking about socialism, and most importantly, the fact that he had a, a large base of followers, hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, uh, who considered themselves socialists. And so we participated in, in his rallies, uh, and we did so in a way where we put forward our program front and center, and we were actually able to, uh, on this basis, first of all, to win over a lot of Bernie supporters to revolutionary ideas, uh, but also when uh, Bernie dropped out of the race, we weren't demoralized, we weren't sad, we understood the process that had been taking uh, place uh, since uh, 2016, and we had an explanation for it and a way forward for the movement. Uh, and so we published an article, we published a video on the night uh, that, or the day after that he uh, dropped off the race and uh, hundreds of, of people wrote us asking to join on those days following his, uh, his announcement, precisely because we had a, a position that connected with the mood uh, and they could see our track record on this, that we had maintained a principal position on the question of, of the socialist movement and, and the Bernie Sanders phenomenon. Uh, now, obviously, the Black, Black, Black Lives Matter movement was a very important uh, moment, uh, the uh, most important movement in the U.S. Uh, and all the cities where we had comrades and all the towns where we had comrades, uh, we've participated in those protests. At the height of the movement uh, last summer, we participated in over 100 different demonstrations across the whole country. We handed up thousands of leaflets. We sold hundreds of magazines, uh, which shows that I think that the movement was looking for ideas and is looking for a programmatic way forward. And so when we participate, of course, it's very important as socialists that we are participating in these protests and these movements, that we stand in solidarity. But we also think it's very important that we're not just there as bodies, but actually bringing ideas and bringing a program that, in our, in our opinion, provides a way forward for the movement. And so, uh, unfortunately, you know, the movement had no leadership that, uh, for instance, uh, provided a way to connect uh, this movement with the broader working class. Um, so we put forward the, the idea of the need to form neighborhood self-defense committees uh, so that uh, organized labor would join the movement and actually stand in defense of, uh, of black lives and against uh, police violence. And, and generally for the labor movement uh, to join the call for a general strike to paralyze society in solidarity with BLM, against racism, against police violence. And in our opinion, these are the kind of ideas that if they're put forward by an organization large enough, by a force with uh, connections in the movement, they can provide a, a, a real way forward. They can provide a, um, a channel to take all this energy and eventually really uh, transform society, which is what is needed if we are going to put an end to all the evils uh, that we live through under capitalism. And so uh, you can see in these examples, you know, that as the IMT, the Socialist Revolution here in the U.S. and worldwide, we aim to be a, a transmission belt for revolutionary ideas and for a socialist program that can reach the broader working class. And of course, we are starting with those layers that are already moving in that direction, with those who are already open to socialism, who are already looking for revolutionary ideas, which is a very uh, sizable portion of the U.S. population. But we understand that eventually it's the whole of the working class that needs to uh, have this program and that needs to understand the need for uh, transformation of society. And so we put forward uh, the, uh, for instance, we say that it's possible to have quality, affordable housing uh, and to, by putting an end to, uh, to all evictions, 
uh, and by nationalizing all the foreclosed and vacant homes and capping rent at 10%. We think it's possible, absolutely possible right now to have free universal quality healthcare if we nationalize the health insurance, uh, the health insurance companies, we nationalize the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industries, we take that out of the hands of the capitalists and let it be controlled by the medical workers themselves. Uh, we think that we can reverse the process of, of uh, climate catastrophe uh, if we take all the uh, energy production, uh, transportation industries and so on into public ownership and run it in a way that is reconcilable with the needs of the planet and the needs of humanity. And if we actually also guarantee the retraining and employment of all those uh, workers that work in those industries currently. So uh, we say all of this is possible now, the money and the resources to achieve all this can be found in all the main companies, in the Fortune 500 companies in the United States, which account for two thirds of the country's GDP, uh, but they need to be nationalized. They need to be put under workers' control so that those uh, resources are serving the interests of uh, the majority of the population and the entire world instead of the interests of a tiny minority of exploiters and ultra-rich. And this is a program, this is the program that uh, if you visit our website, you can find the program there. And when we are out in the streets doing outreach, talking to people about socialism, it's a program that's understood by everyone, not just by socialists. You can talk about these points with uh, quote unquote regular workers. Uh, and it, it seems reasonable uh, to, to most. It seems reasonable to everyone. And they agree with the need for this. Maybe the only point where they aren't sure is they, they like it, but they're not sure exactly how it could be achieved. And that's the key is that once the workers comprehend the power that we have as a class, that workers are the ones who make society run, uh, that, that more workers are the ones who create all value. It's uh, like um, the founder of our, of our uh, organization, Ted Grant, said that not a phone rings, not a wheel turns, not a light bulb shines without the kind permission of the working class. Once this enormous power is mobilized, no force on earth can stop it. And this is very powerful. Uh, once this happens, you know, a program that explains how that power can be used to transform society becomes very concrete and it becomes very meaningful and can connect with the workers in a very, very concrete way. And so uh, we aim to have an organization in the U.S. and worldwide that is sinking roots in the working class, that is systematically putting forward a revolutionary socialist program in every neighborhood, in every uh, workplace, every factory, in every university, everywhere, and to win over the working class to a revolutionary socialist program uh, so that when the moment is right and uh, when revolution is on the agenda, that the working class actually sets itself to seize political power, uh, to form a workers' government that brings all the key levers of the economy under control to dramatically improve the standard of living uh, of the whole of, uh, of humanity. And so, again, this is what the international Marxist tendency is, is building. This is what we're trying to do, not just in the U.S., but in a lot of different countries around the world. And I think it's very important. Uh, we've been saying that this process of, of capitalist crisis is an international process. And revolution in just one country can actually you know, uh, set off a chain of, of world revolution that we need to be ready for. And that's why it's important that we are building in, in all these different places. And so with that, I uh, am very happy to announce that we have a series of speakers, organizers from all the different countries where we have a presence uh, with the IMT, uh, obviously not 
all not all the countries where we have uh, members are, uh, are actually represented here because that would take far, far too long. But we do have uh, 12 uh, speakers lined up who will provide a, a perspective for and, and a vision of what the IMT is doing in those respective countries. And so with that, uh, we're going to start with uh, Karen Campos, who's an organizer with La Izquierda Socialista, which is our Mexican uh, section. And she's also the coordinator of the League of Revolutionary Women, just gave an excellent presentation on the question of the struggle for women's emancipation. So uh, Karen, please go ahead and take it away. Thank you. Uh, well, we send you revolutionary greetings for, from La Izquierda Socialista, Mexican section of the International Marxist Tendency. Uh, well, during the pandemic, a, a large number of uh, opportunities have been uh, opened uh, for uh, the development of the section. Workers, uh, young uh, people and women are looking for uh, explanations uh, for the increase uh, in violence and um, and the decrease of, uh, of quality of life, uh, which uh, we have uh, been uh, able to, uh, to take uh, advantage. Um, well, also uh, clarity in ideas is part of the uh, success uh, we have uh, had during uh, this last year. Uh, our section has a double. Uh, we uh, have also extended our influence in the north and, and the south of the, of the country. And now we have uh, 14 branches in Hidalgo, Querétaro, uh, Quintana Roo, Puebla, Oaxaca, Veracruz, Mexico State, and Mexico City. And in the same uh, way, in our intervention, in intervention platforms, uh, we, have, um, we have been extended. Uh, the growth and, 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 the, uh, and new uh, members are uh, allowing us to uh, participate in the development of the student uh, women uh, unions and uh, Morena's uh, party uh, work. And uh, we have uh, held uh, seminars and reading groups for uh, each platform. Uh, we have incorporated uh, young uh, comrades to the organization uh, leadership in order to uh, promote uh, more uh, work and uh, to prepare uh, new cadres uh, who can help to um, to the organization uh, to the um, organization new uh, development uh, needs. Uh, and uh, also with the growth uh, we uh, have uh, had, um, it will uh, give us the, the possibility uh, of hiring a new uh, full-timer. Well, uh, Mexico is uh, going uh, through a new stage. Uh, for uh, the first time, uh, we have a leftist uh, reformist uh, government, which is applying uh, popular uh, aids uh, policies while trying to uh, negotiate with the, uh, with the bourgeoisie. Uh, the government uh, project that uh, AMLO intends to uh, to implement uh, will not uh, be able to be uh, carried out uh, given the conditions of the world economic uh, crisis. So uh, this will open new opportunities for the ideas of revolutionary Marxism when uh, reformism uh, shows its clear uh, limitations and impossibility uh, to improve the, uh, the quality of life of, of the workers. Uh, also, uh, the right wing and the Mexican bourgeoisie is uh, fighting against uh, López uh, Obrador government. Uh, they have the economic power, uh, but uh, they don't have the mass support. Uh, so uh, they are uh, waiting uh, patient, patiently for uh, the best uh, moment to, uh, 
to attack the, uh, the government of the fourth transformation. Uh, right now, uh, there is a, a great uh, flight of capital and they uh, refuse to invest in the, in the country to accelerate the economic crisis. They are using uh, as a banner the struggle for the, uh, the demands of the working class because uh, they know that, uh, that these demands um, cannot be solved under capitalism. So uh, they use this uh, to uh, discredit the, uh, the government. Um, we have to, uh, to fight back uh, this infiltration of the right wing, but also we must explain uh, the limits of, uh, uh, of reformist policies and the need uh, to fight against uh, the capitalist system. And uh, well, it is our uh, revolutionary duty to be prepared to be able to intervene and win the vanguard of the working class uh, to fight for socialism in Mexico and in the rest of the world. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. Thanks again for joining us today. And I think it's very important too that uh, we continue this collaboration between the Mexican section and the US section, which obviously has a very deep connection. Uh, there's a lot of Mexicans or, or Mexican immigrants that live in the United States. And it's going to be very important for us as we grow and develop uh, our work in the Spanish language that we maintain this relationship. So thanks again, Karen. Uh, the next uh, speaker that we have lined up is Adam Pal from Lal Salam, which is the Pakistani section of the International Marxist Tendency. Uh, so Adam, if you're ready, you can go ahead. Thank you to all the comrades of the US section for a marvelous event they're holding over the weekend and it is, has been a huge success. And congratulations from Pakistan. Pakistan is a country in South Asia, which uh, along with its uh, neighbor Afghanistan, has suffered a lot from the attacks of US imperialism over the last many, many decades. And uh, it is very uh, uh, enthusiastic to see US comrades struggling against uh, those imperialist policy, against that capitalist system in the belly of the beast. And we extend our best wishes for our US comrades uh, for this uh, international solidarity and for a socialist revolution inside. Uh, this beast, uh, which has always been sponsoring wars, terrorism, and reactionary forces, dictatorships, and military coups inside Pakistan and across the whole world. Here in Pakistan, uh, the forces of IMT are growing a lot, and uh, we have branches, 72 branches across the country. And uh, despite very extremely difficult conditions of uh, uh, back infrastructure, poverty, unemployment. Uh, comrades are determined and enthusiastic and uh, working uh, uh, very hard to build the forces of Marxism and uh, uh, carry out a socialist revolution in this uh, backward country of the world. And uh, in recent years, uh, especially during the pandemic, the infrastructure and especially the unemployment has risen to un unprecedented levels and poverty and malnutrition and uh, people dying because of lack of health care and other basic facilities has increased huge and hundreds of thousands are dying uh, due to lack of clean water and other diseases and many other things. Similarly, the crimes against women about sexual harassment, rape and murder has increased manifold and there have been huge protests. Uh, against that. And the most important development uh, uh, in recent months have been the 
re-emergence of a uh, workers' movement across the country, and workers themselves are organizing on a national level and organizing big protests. On 6th of October, there was a huge protest in Islamabad, the capital of the country, uh, where around 25,000 or 30,000 workers from all over the country came to give a sit-in. And they are, were belonging to different department, government departments and protesting for the against attacks on pensions, attacks on wages and jobs by the government. And we are intervening, uh, IMT is intervening in this worker struggle across the country and are uh, participating in protests and demonstrations of the workers from like dozens of departments in different cities. We are present around 30 cities across the country and uh, are building branches and uh, work. Similarly, our youth work is uh, progressing a lot, very good speed, and we have presence in almost all major universities across the countries, building branches, and our youth front uh, is getting a lot of support from uh, students uh, and with issues like uh, rise in fees and uh, against other uh, student issues. And there's a ban on student unions in Pakistan for the last many decades, and there have been protests around that. So against all odds, comrades are working in extremely difficult conditions. Our women work is growing a lot. We have now 85 uh, members, women members across the country, which is a big, big uh, development in this backward country where women are the most, uh, if you see the index, uh, world index of the situation of uh, women in the world. So Pakistan is on the last numbers around um, in 140 countries. So uh, about the plight of women. So comrades are intervening in all those movements and protests against these attacks. And we are producing uh, Marxist literature in Urdu language, publishing papers, books. And in Sindhi language also, we have published a recent book about the relevance of Marxism today. Similarly, we have a websites, marxist.pk and uh, progressiveyouth.net in Urdu language, uh, which are updated very regularly and visited by hundreds of people every day. And similarly, we have launched an online TV channel called Mazdoor TV or Worker TV, uh, which has got tremendous response from workers. And we have recently have uh, seven uh, TV show series of seven programs about the Russian Revolution uh, on different topics about Russian Revolution and women, Russian Revolution and national question. And, other issues were discussed and the impact of Russian Revolution on India and all that. It got also a tremendous response and thousands of people viewed uh, that series. Uh, but there are, uh, despite all these things, there have been huge attacks by the Pakistani state against IMT in Pakistan in recent years. And uh, there have been arrests and there have been abductions in Pakistan. Uh, it has very, become very common that... Uh, Rather than arresting political workers, the state agencies, secret services, abduct the political workers and uh, keep them, detain them in their uh, undisclosed places and where they are severely tortured and uh, are asked to convince, uh, confess crimes they have not committed. So some of the comrades uh, have been arrested and tortured and abducted in recent months. Thus, like Comrade Amin was abducted from Karachi 
few months ago in July, and then there was a huge international campaign after which he was released. Uh, on 8th of November, just last week, one of our comrades, uh, uh, a Sindhi comrade from Jamshoro near Hyderabad was abducted by the state agencies and his whereabouts are still unknown. And uh, we, uh, there have been huge protests across the country by comrades of Progressive Youth Alliance or Red Workers Front uh, in uh, around a dozen cities across the country to demand uh, his release or if he has committed any crime, he should be presented in any court of law. But so far, police, courts, and any other state institution is not giving us any information about his whereabouts or where he is or is there uh, any charge against him or anything else. So, so far, he is one of the hundreds of missing persons in Pakistan who are mostly political workers, journalists, political activists who raise voice against dissent. So there are hundreds of missing persons in Pakistan, languishing in Pakistan uh, with the Pakistani state forces or what opposition parties in Pakistan call a state above the state, which do not uh, follow any laws or constitution or any uh, courts or legal procedures. So we also appeal to the workers of the world once again, to the comrades in the United States, to raise voice against these uh, injustice, this oppression, this uh, abductions by the Pakistani state agencies in which the victims are extremely tortured. In the cases previously uh, happened in, with our comrades, our comrades were extremely tortured with uh, electric shocks on their bodies, beatings, uh, severely beatings, hanging upside down for long hours and whatever, whatever torture you can uh, imagine, uh, they were treated like that. And many people actually lost their lives during this torture in the past. So we appeal to the workers of the world to raise voice against these uh, uh, oppressive measures by the Pakistani state and agencies and uh, uh, extend solidarity. You can send emails, you can send uh, protest messages or uh, make video messages and send to us. And that would be a huge, important solidarity. You can also organize meetings and uh, programs in your areas with the trade union, uh, uh, with workers in your uh, factory or your department or students around your campus and can discuss these issues uh, with five, 10 or 20 people whatever uh, the number. So it would be a big sport for us and we hope that we will be able to recover our comrade alive uh, in this matter. Anyways, with, despite all these things, we are confident that our struggle will continue despite all the attacks of the state, of the ruling class, of the capitalist and this rich poor divide, which is uh, extremely uh, widening every day. Uh, we can only be overcome through a socialist revolution in. Pakistan. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Adam, for, for that report. Um, it is clear that the comrades are facing enormous difficulties, and yet they're progressing tremendously with the work. Pakistan is our largest section, and they're also helping to follow up with uh, uh, comrades in India, in Bangladesh. So this is very significant. And yes, uh, again, I would like to stress the importance of uh, 
for us as, as U.S. socialists to participate in this campaign, share the campaign on social media. It makes a huge impact when we, we make these efforts from the United States, contact the uh, U.S. Uh, consulate and, and uh, embassies, and sorry, Pakistan embassy in, in the U.S. Uh, from a big imperialist country like the U.S. So uh, please, comrades, take this seriously. We took a solidarity picture yesterday, but continue with the efforts and let's uh, demand the safe release of uh, our comrade Amar Payaz. With that, uh, let's move on now to uh, comrade Chiara Gravisi from Sinistra Classe Rivoluzione, uh, which is the Italian section of the International Marxist Tendency. So uh, Chiara, whenever you're ready. Hi everybody, and uh, greetings from the Italian section of the IMT. And uh, in Italy, there was a really deep uh, coronavirus crisis uh, it was a sanitary emergency, but also an economical catastrophe. And data says that 38% uh, of uh, commercial activities could close uh, before the end of uh, 2020. And uh, most important, there is an estimated loss of uh, 841,000 jobs by the end of the year, despite the measures taken by the government. And this uh, has had a uh, huge effect uh, on the consciousness of the worker. There was an important shift uh, in the consciousness of the worker and young people, because uh, everybody feels like the deaths of these months were uh, totally unnecessary, and uh, they feel like we are uh, expendable. And the Italian section was uh, able to react uh, quickly to this situation, and in, this translated into the growth of our organization. And we also have uh, new branches in cities where in January we had uh, maybe one or even zero comrades. So these, uh, these are very important developments for us. And, uh, in regards of young people, there is a vanguard uh, open to revolutionary ideas. The government promised a safe return to school in September, where the academic years start every year. And in September, we covered 85 schools and spread 10,000 leaflets in favor of building youth committees in the schools and for measures to make school actually safe to be in. And of course, no measure was carried out by the government and now school, uh, schools are closed uh, again due to the new wave of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, we organized a national online stud students committee to organize students around the program. And we already discussed with many of them uh, the necessity of the revolutionary, the revolutionary party. And some of the students have already joined our section and many more uh, will. And we also started again the Marxist study groups, groups. And the first one last Friday was inspired by the situation in the USA and was about state, police, and revolution. And in regards of the workers, instead, our comrades launched a new trade union area on the left of the GGL. It's the main Italian trade, trade union. And together with a layer of workers that have seen and agree with our long-term work in the unions in the past years. And this was the result of our March campaign, Workers Are Not Cannon Fodder, um, during the pandemic. We had already 
many sectorial meetings like train retailer workers, the school workers, healthcare workers. And in late October, we had a national assembly of the area with uh, 150 attendees, uh, 50 of which uh, were not uh, our comrades. And this, um, this is really important because uh, while the bosses are now even more merciless than in the, in the first pandemic wave, trade unions bureaucracies are hesitant and act uh, cowardly. Um, the condition of the workers in Italy is getting worse and worse, and uh, the few aids from the government are uh, always late and uh, insufficient. And even small business owners are uh, struggle, struggling seriously. And this already, already caused some uh, spontaneous mobilization in the past weeks, uh, which are going to become uh, more common in the next uh, period. And um, in conclusion, as the Italian section, we are really positive about the next period. And we think that uh, it will be rich uh, with uh, opportunities that we are uh, ready to catch. Thank you so much, uh, Chiara. That was, again, a very inspiring report. Uh, and uh, I think the work in the trade unions in particular and the CGIL uh, is very inspiring for us and, and points the way forward for the kinds of work that we'll be doing uh, in the trade union movement in the US uh, in the future. Uh, so after Chiara, the next speaker is uh, Ben Morkan from uh, the South African section of the IMT, uh, Revolution South Africa. So Ben, go ahead. All right, uh, thank you very much uh, for inviting me to speak to you guys. It's good, good to be here. Um, now the work in South Africa is still very uh, new. Um, South African group is still very new, uh, but we already have managed to uh, win over um, an entire group um, from the Eastern Cape in, in Eastern Cape province, um, comrades with uh, students at the university, at two campuses at the university in, in East London. Um, we also have comrades in uh, Cape Town, in uh, Pretoria, in Durban, in Bloemfontein. So it's spread all around the, all around the country. In, so, in so, uh, South African conditions, this kind of thing is unpleasant in our situation. Um, we can just we can not only win over ones and twos, but entire groups um, because of the favorable uh, uh, objective conditions. But to win over the um, and retain and educate these people, we need um, the capacity to do so. And uh, we have to build an apparatus. So that's so our focus now is to build the leadership of the of the of the group. Um, focus on uh, developing the cadres, uh, especially a leadership core. So this will be vital for retaining all these people, uh, which we are uh, which we get in touch with. Um, to do that, we uh, we aim to build a center uh, to have form a center in, uh, in the next coming period, um, uh, possibly in Cape Town somewhere. Um, and if we can do this, uh, we will have you know the basis from which to build, to build quantitatively and qualitatively. We have um, we have our paper. Th a third edition of our paper comes out next week, called Revolution South Africa. Um, so, uh, if you want to have a copy, get in touch with me or uh, contact the uh, Revolution South Africa Facebook page or whatever. Uh, or yeah, just get in touch with me. I'll, I'll, I'll get in touch with. I'll uh, sort you out. Uh, this is a big step forward for the work in in South Africa. There's, uh, there's nothing like this exists in in, in this country, um, and. Uh, 
uh, you know, uh, this is a, a giant step forward for for not just building the group, but also to promote the ideas of Marxism in, in a country like South Africa. We also have a website, it's called Revolution. It's uh, marxist.co.za, which you can also follow. Um, and all of these these things are ma massive weapon to uh, to fight against the capitalist system in South Africa and and by implication the whole African continent because you know, South Africa is a very important country in, in the African uh, continent as well. Um, I, I would just like to say that uh, yeah, I mean it's so inspiring to see uh, the the work in the US. Uh, I've always uh, uh, got got a lot of inspiration from from the from the US section. Um, you know, uh, Trotsky wrote that the U.S. is uh, is a is a giant, but it's a giant of it's is as it's a colossus, but it has as a giant with feet of clay, and we can see that in the in the in the current period. Um, so uh, a, a fight against uh, uh, U.S. imperialism and the uh, defeat of U.S. imperialism in the ex-colonial countries will weaken. Uh, this giant even further, but it's up to the American comrades and the American working class to fight uh, in the belly of the beast and to build a strong uh, section of the of the uh, of the of the international Marxist tendency uh, to take the world to take the fight to this beast and uh, slay it once and for all. I, would, I think um, I, I you know take massive inspiration from you guys and wish all you you all all the best and all the luck in the in the work ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. Also, very, very important developments in South Africa uh, with a new group, a very explosive growth. And uh, that's right, we have great responsibility here in the U.S. Uh, because we know that the best, uh, the best help we can provide to the uh, ex-colonial countries, all the countries that are being, um, you know, crushed under the yoke of U.S. imperialism, is to have a revolution right here uh, in our country. So uh, next up is uh, Joel Bergman from a little closer uh, across the border, uh, from Fight Back La Riposte, which is the uh, Canadian section of the IMT. Joe, go ahead. Uh, yes, thank you, comrades. Uh, I'd first like to congratulate you guys for this great school. I think it was fantastic. Uh, great presentations, great interventions, high political level. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so to talk a bit about the Canadian section. Um, yeah, in English, we're known as Fight Back, and in French, we're known as La Riposte Socialiste. You can check out our websites at marxist.ca or marxist.qc.ca, uh, where we have monthly papers. I encourage you to subscribe to those. Um, so yeah, Ben mentioned that, you know, the comrades are doing great work in America in the belly of the beast, but Canadian imperialism has always been the, the little brother of America going along, to <laughs> benefiting off of all of the crimes and participating in many of them as well. Um, so I believe that our work is, is, is equally as important. In, important. Um, and then we can kind of work together and complement each other. So, well, well uh, Canada is generally referred to as the last bastion of liberalism um, with, you know, our feminist prime minister, Justin Trudeau. Um, <clears throat> the same process of radicalization and polarization is occurring here, and we can see it. Um, this is caused by the crisis of capitalism, and it's been accelerated by the COVID pandemic. Um, you know, well, it's been happening at a slower rate. It's still happening. Uh, and we've, over the years, the Canadian section, uh, we've tapped into this anger with a wide layers of workers and youth looking for Marxist ideas, looking for revolutionary politics, for a solution, for a way out of this crisis. Uh, and and we've, we've, we've seen a huge growth in our organization over the past few years uh, with hundreds and hundreds of people joining us. I remember when we were a tiny, small group 
the smallest group on the left. And now we've grown to be the biggest Marxist group in the country. Um, and the mainstay of this work uh, has been student work. So we have campus clubs across the country on most campuses or on a lot of campuses uh, under the banner of socialist fight back students. We focus on Marxist education. We hold events on revolutionary history, on, on the Marxist theory. Um, and uh, due to the COVID situation, we, we launched an initiative this fall, the most recent initiative, which was a Canadian Marxist university. where We had a series of online events in French and English in uh, Canada being big country in Eastern, Western time zones uh, throughout the whole fall semester, which was a huge success. And we had over 1000 people register and participate uh, for this, uh, which is a huge success. And many of these people are now joining the organization. So I think we are, we are seeing a very explosive growth and we will continue to see an explosive growth in Canada. Um, uh, in addition, as we know, we are not building a student organization. We're building a working class organization. Uh, so we have uh, expanded our labor work <clears throat> where we have many comrades in, in trade unions, especially in, in Toronto, but also in Montreal, uh, the two biggest cities in the country, which is very important, where we're, we're, our goal is to bring back revolutionary and, and, and anti-capitalist ideas to the movement, militant ideas, ideas of class struggle, which have been all but lost and buried by the trade union bureaucrats who refuse to fight. Um, and I believe we have successfully started a new tradition in this regard. Uh, in, in Toronto, uh, we started the initiative with other, other groups and, and trade unions that we, we, we have members in and we got on board. Uh, we started an anti-capitalist May Day rally, which was completely different than, <laughs> than what has existed in Toronto in the past. Where we had all, we had, most of the major trade unions actually came on board with this initiative and we had a big May Day rally. Uh, you can find information on our website about that but on an openly against capitalism uh, for, for, uh, yeah, for militant trade unionism and stuff like this. So it was a big, big success. Um, inspired by this, we did a similar initiative in Montreal this year where we had a, an anti-capitalist Labor Day rally, which, which normally there isn't much that goes on on Labor Day, but we actually ended up getting all the major trade unions in the city on board in this initiative and several hundred people came out for this uh, anti-capitalist Labor Day so we're reviving, this is the way we're reviving those revolutionary ideas. Now, on the basis of this work, we've built up a solid base in the two major cities in Toronto and Montreal, uh, where we have offices uh, <clears throat> and we have uh, um, really expanded all over the country as well. Now, I can't claim that we're in 60 cities as the comrades in America. The Canadian population is relatively concentrated in a few cities, mostly actually along the border connected with America. Um, but yeah, we have expanded to other areas, especially, I think, most importantly, in Alberta. And now, if you don't know, Alberta is like the Texas of Canada. <laughs> it's the oil and it's the conservative right-wingers that are popular. But what's happened is with the collapse of oil prices, everything is thrown into crisis. The right-wing government is attacking the workers. They're laying off, I believe, 15,000 healthcare workers in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and uh, this has led to huge radicalization and we're expanding rapidly where we've uh, approximately doubled in size uh, just in the past less than a year, actually, in several months. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we also have established branches in Victoria, Waterloo, Hamilton, uh, and bases of comrades where we have potential branches being formed, likely uh, in Vancouver, Kelowna, Calgary, Grand Prairie, Ottawa, Quebec City, and Halifax. I am sure I am missing some because we have people all over <laughs> the place uh, participating in meetings on Zoom, which is part of the good thing about this. Um, 
So while we have made some advances, uh, I, I think we're still in the we're obviously still in the preparatory phase, which is one of education. And with this in mind, I would like to highlight a major initiative, and I would like to invite all of you to it. We have every year we organize a Montreal Marxist Winter School. I'm sure many of you have been there, and uh, obviously COVID uh, complicates things. Um, but we are going to be holding the school online in 2021, and I encourage you to all register. All, all to register. Last, this this past February, we had over 250 people register, uh, and I hope that we have. Uh, at least double, maybe maybe even more, maybe even more than this meeting. And I hope that you all register and make it a big success. We're expanding it to three sessions. The link is posted in the chat. I hope you go and register right now. Uh, we'll have 10 sessions. You can see the list of the presentations there. Um, yeah, let's make this the largest and best Marxist event in Canada uh, ever. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I hope that you can all register. Well, I think uh, I'll, I'm going to wrap it up in a second, but I think that this is a fantastic situation that we have, comrades. Uh, but the moment won't seize itself. <laughs> so I, I appeal to all of you, if you aren't a member, uh, all of you, especially people from Canada, get in touch with us, get in touch with Fight Back. Uh, we're trying to organize the, the, the forces of Marxism in Canada. Uh, and, uh, and I think that uh, Canadian Marxists working hand in hand with, with our American comrades will be able to overthrow uh, this, this rotten system. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Awesome. Thanks for that, Joel. And I, I think that the, the work of the Canadian section has been a great inspiration to, to us here in the United States. The fact that we have such strong branches uh, in, in, in some of the major cities, which has allowed us to be the largest Marxist force uh, in the country. Uh, is and, and the large events that you've been able to organize. I think we definitely aspire to that here in the U.S. And I think uh, once COVID ends, we're going to aim for, you know, very, very strong in-person meetings, just like you're able to uh, hold in, in Canada. Uh, but definitely, uh, if you're interested, it's online. So it's a lot easier to attend this year than prior years where we would usually carpool to Montreal and stuff like that. So uh, if you're in the U.S., make sure that you do plan to register for this uh, winter event in Canada. With that, uh, the next speaker is going to be Hubert Prévost from the French section of the IMT, Révolution. So, Hubert, you can take it away. Hello, everybody. I'm very happy to be, to be with you, even if I would prefer to, to be with you in, in real life. Um, you know, uh, the Macron, the French president, since uh, 2017, there's a very reactionary policy. But it, as maybe you know, it led to the Yellow Vest movement two years ago. It was a big and massive and really profound movement. But uh, last year, uh, it, it also led to a big, ma big massive strike last December of the railway workers against the pension reform. <clears throat> Of course, the pandemic temporarily stopped the course of the, of the fight. Uh, but the, the, the catastrophic management of the pandemic uh, will lead to new explosion. Um, you know, because Macron, uh, before he was elected president, was a member of the former socialist uh, government. Uh, which uh, <clears throat> uh, which closed several thousands of beds in the hospitals, and even though the government continued to close hospitals, and uh, all measures 
the government is uh, is uh, is, uh, is taken uh, uh, is uh, according to the interest of the businessmen, <clears throat> and all the government uh, is doing set the condition to new explosion, uh, maybe earlier than, than than we than we could think. Already, uh, several demonstrations uh, from the health workers, but also the teachers, uh, are uh, now they are on the move uh, to strike again, and big struggles are on the agenda. And uh, just after the effect of the lockdown uh, are diminishing, we will have this uh, explosion. Of course, the ruling class is trying to divide the population by uh, stirring up hatred against Muslim against Arabic people. And uh, it could have some effect, uh, temporary. But uh, in June, uh, some months ago, uh, at, at the same time, you have you had Black Lives Matter movement in the uh, United States. We also have, uh, we also had big, big demos in the all the big cities of the of the country. In two years, in 2022, we will have a big uh, election, a presidential election, and this election, this election, will 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 be very polarized, uh, big polarization between the right and the left, and <clears throat> it's possible uh, that Mélenchon, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, uh, could be elected. Mélenchon is an ex-member of the Socialist Party. Now is a Left reformist, uh, the Socialist Party is not like not uh, the idea of socialists you could uh, you could you could have. Now imagine that Macron was a member of the Socialist Party, but Ma Macron is is uh, closer to Biden than uh, any socialist or Lenin, uh, of course. So uh, through the election or through the struggle. We we are we will enter maybe sooner than we than we think in a pre-revolutionary period. So the, the French section, uh, it's uh, a modest section with with a uh, with a big ambition, is getting ready to intervene to to give a, a Marxist voice in these events, in the strikes, writing articles, interviews selling the papers in the demonstration at the exit of the metro station, etc. But presently, our priority is, to, is the work among the youth, not only because the youth is radicalizing, but also because they want, uh, they want to understand and fight with full knowledge of the situation. And after a period, our ideas seem to, could seem, could seem too radical, too utopist. But now they are the only ideas we who fit the, the reality, who could, who could answer to the, the real situation. So every week we 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 hold three or four online public discussion to discuss the ideas of Marxism. And we also have a lot of group uh, every week, uh, reading uh, reading group every week. And uh, as you experienced in the last period in the, in the United States, uh, in spite of the, the lockdown, we grew and, and, we are, and, we, and, we are, and we continue to grow and attracting more and more people. So, um, but not, not like Macron, 
who gave his uh, full support to Joe Biden. Uh, we bring all our support to the US working class and especially to you, to the US section of, of the IMT. And we congrat congrat <clears throat> sorry, and we congratulate you for your magnificent work. Uh, I remember I was in New York City three or four years ago, uh, just after the Trump was uh, elected. And uh, now Trump is over, but you are still there and much, uh, much more people. Uh, now the, the, the office in New York could be too small, no? You need now to maybe you, maybe you could you could buy the Trump Tower. You could have a lot of office. We will, we will see. So no, seriously, uh, I sent you the red salute uh, to from the all the French comrades and uh, long live the socialist revolution. So red salute from the revolution and long live IMT and uh, go forward, comrade. Thank you so much, Hubert. Uh, and actually, when we first started uh, uh, establishing a branch in New York City, uh, we did hold uh, small, small meetings of the IMT in Trump Tower. So maybe give it a little bit of time. And when the working class seizes power, we can retool this building for, for proper usage. Um, but thank you so much, Hubert. Uh, and the next speaker on stack that we have is Caio de Zorzi, uh, who is uh, a comrade in the Brazilian section of the IMT, Esquerda Marxista. So go ahead, Caio. Uh, greetings from Brazil. Uh, first of all, I would like to congratulate Comrade Laura's uh, introductory speech and the interventions of the comrades who preceded me. Um, I, I begin to I begin to say that exactly today we are going through municipal elections here in Brazil, and in, in the short time I I have here to to speech, I would like to talk about it. You know, uh, the bourgeois elections express, albeit in a distorted way, the class struggle. Uh, as you also know, uh, the PT, uh, Workers' Party, is the traditional uh, party of the Brazilian working class, the party of Lula and Dilma. Um, the workers and youth want change, but less and less they can see in the PT a real instrument of, of change. Even with Lula free to campaign on the streets, TV and social networks, PT candidates are, are, are unable to, to take off. In, in addition to the PT not really fighting for the overthrow of Bolsonaro, uh, the alliances it has made in hundreds of cities with bourgeois parties, including the extreme right, uh, such as uh, liberal so, uh, social liberal party, uh, the former party of Bolsonaro, uh, account for, for its demoralization, PT demoralization. Um, to the left of PT, there is PSOL, that, that is the party in which we operate inside since uh, 2015. Uh, in Belém, uh, the second biggest capital of Amazonic region with uh, one million and a half inhabitants, uh, PSOL is leading the mayoral voting intention pools. In Rio de Janeiro, the second biggest city of, of Brazil, uh, 
if the federal deputy, Marcelo Freixo, had not given up his candidacy for mayor, Sol could have been in first place. He had already come to an agreement with PT leadership, but gave up saying he would only be the candidate if he had the support of uh, other parties, mainly parties of the so-called uh, democratic bourgeoisie. So it was an opportunistic uh, withdrawal uh, that reflected a right reformist uh, program. Um, in Sao Paulo, the biggest city of Brazil with almost 13 million inhabitants, uh, the candidate for mayor for PSOL, Guilherme Boulos, uh, the leader of uh, uh, the homeless movement that was candidate for president in 2018, appears in second place in the polls and probably tonight uh, he will be confirmed in the second round. Uh, Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro uh, are the country's political centers. Uh, these are the two largest cities and those that set the pace of class struggle. In these two large cities, uh, the PT is demoralized and so appears as a viable alternative. Um, the growth of electoral support of PSOL in large political centers of the country, in particular among the youth, demonstrates the potential that socialist ideas have in the next period. However, this electoral growth of the PSOL is not due to the party leadership's policy, but uh, despite it, in, in, various, in various, uh, small municipalities, uh, PSOL formed co coalitions with bourgeois parties. Thus, it follows the path of class conciliation and degeneration that led uh, the PT to today's situation. Uh, Bolos uh, in, is in favor of the broader uh, alliance policy that the party leadership seeks to achieve. At the same time, uh, he's seen by public opinion as a radical leftist. Uh, uh, Bolsonaro, with his denialist and anti-scientific policies, led to a situation in which Brazil has suffered more than 160,000 deaths from the pandemic and seen many millions infected. Uh, officially, there have being almost 6 million people infected, but usually a regular person uh, can only get tested if they experience sev severe symptoms, uh, which has obviously resulted in massive underreporting. Uh, here in, in the city of Sao Paulo, there are over 1 million infected, according to official data, evidently uh, underreported, and 40,000 dead. Bolus should be at the forefront of fighting for a lockdown and against reopening schools as long as there is no vaccine, but he hardly touches on the subject. Uh, he does not want to clash with the interests of uh, the Sao Paulo bourgeoisie. Despite this, it's possible that Bolus will reach uh, the, the mayor's seat. Uh, there are those here uh, who say that uh, 
the demoralization of the PT in Brazil and the potential of PSOL bears some similarities with the evolution of PASOC and Syriza in Greece a few years ago. Uh, Bolus, Guilherme Bolus, is of Greek descent, and if he continues to follow the path of reformism, his trajectory may be more similar to that of Tsipras than he would like. We continue to struggle, presenting our own candidacies for PSOL in several cities, including in Sao Paulo, raising the slogan Bolsonaro out, and standing for, uh, for the need for a socialist revolution in Brazil and in the world. Therefore, uh, the action of each section of the IMT in each country, uh, and mainly in the USA, inspires us and gives us strength to continue our fight. Uh, congratulations for this uh, event, and thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Obrigada, Caio. That was a, a great report. Uh, and also to highlight that the, that the comrades there have been doing excellent work in the campaign uh, to fight Bolsonaro, launching the slogan Fora Bolsonaro at a time when most on the left were actually demoralized, like paralyzed by his election and have uh, very energetically launched uh, campaigns in the student work uh, and in the working class. So it's very inspiring to see. Thank you, comrade. Uh, next up then is Stefan Kangas from the Swedish section of the IMT, which is also called Revolution. Go ahead. Well, thank you, comrade, and uh, revolutionary greetings on behalf of uh, all the comrades in uh, Sweden, and congratulations to this very successful event that I've been following along uh, in. Uh, so, uh, talking about building the revolutionary organization in Sweden, I mean, we've been listening a little bit to uh, a man called Bernie Sanders that you might have heard about. And uh, this man is very happy about uh, Sweden, clearly way more happy than uh, anyone here is, even talking about socialist Sweden and Scandinavian-style socialism. So that's a, a kind of style of socialism that you really have to put scare quotes uh, 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 around. Let me be the first to guarantee uh, the U.S., uh, uh, working class or anyone who will listen in this meeting today at, at least uh, that the class struggle is uh, very much uh, alive and, and well uh, in, in uh, Sweden. Uh, and uh, we are of course uh, participating in it. Uh, the IMT in Sweden started as a small group, I mean 10 years ago, but we've seen uh, significant grow growth in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, we have established uh, a, a foothold uh, with uh, branches in the three biggest cities, Stockholm, Gothenburg, Malmö, Lund area, uh, and many other smaller cities that you probably haven't heard about uh, uh, either. Uh, but we have uh, uh, them organized in uh, uh, an online branch uh, with the goal of establishing a more uh, you know, proper, uh, properly functioning uh, IMT branches. Uh, in in uh, those uh, areas. So our bread and butter is uh, working with uh, student work, Marxist students. And uh, of course, because in universities, there is a lot of youth that are very open to our uh, ideas that we can win to revolutionary uh, Marxism. So it's an opportunity for us. But at the same time, I think it's been key for us to educate 
uh, our comrades also in seeing things, not from the eyes of the students' uh, milieu and this environment that is very limited, actually, but from the eyes of the working class. And to, to, to understand the processes going on, uh, not in the seminars, but in society uh, as a whole. We are not a discussion group. We are a revolutionary, proletarian, working class Bolshevik organization. And we need to steal and educate our comrades in exactly uh, uh, that uh, kind of attitude to the political uh, work uh, itself. For us, it's been very important to intervene. For example, when there's uh, been strikes going on, we have a good uh, ties to, to the dock workers uh, here in Gothenburg. We're too small, really, to actually lead their work, but we have a, a, a certain amount of respect because when they were involved in a very serious struggle a couple of years ago that could have seen, you know, the, the complete shutdown of all ports uh, in, in all of Sweden was actually on the agenda. And look, this is like 15, not even 1,500 dock workers could literally have shut down the entire Swedish economy uh, and and the capitalist press was frenzied. What is going on? It's going to cost us billions every single day that they are in strike. We were, of course, intervening. We went down. We talked to the dock workers. We had a had a chat with them. We invited them to our meetings. You know, we are trying to build uh, a proletarian uh, organization uh, in in this way. And I can tell you that the Swedish working class, of course, in the past, won big reforms. Yes on the basis of the post-war upswing. But all of that is now taken back. And the Marxists have always maintained that these reforms, they're important. We had free education. We still have free education. We have free healthcare. We have some things that would be very, very good for the US working class. Of course, people are gonna feel inspired by that. But we explain that the reforms are only temporary as long as we live in a capitalist system. This is what is important. And this is all on the verge of being taken away from us, slowly uh, but surely. Class inequality in Sweden has risen sharply. In fact, the country among the OECD countries where class inequality has risen uh, the, the, the sharpest has been Sweden. So two people own as much wealth as half the population does uh, combined. What kind of Scandinavian style socialism is that? That is capitalism. That is exactly what capitalism is, the concentration of the wealth in the hands of the few. So we see, we have seen massive cuts, tax breaks, tax cuts for the rich. We've seen tax cuts for the big corporations. And we've seen, we have 250,000 or 300,000 fewer people working uh, in, in the welfare sector than used to be in the past. Of course, the welfare state is there, but the welfare state is in fact, in crisis, the crisis of capitalism is the crisis of also reformism. Reformism, if someone presents that alternative in the US, let me tell you, Sweden is the country where it's been actually tried. Of course, it doesn't look very good on paper, but it also doesn't work very well in practice. That is what the, the message that I would like to, 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 to uh, uh, give, give to you today. We actually need to struggle in Sweden, as you do in the U.S., to end capitalism. If there's going to be any kind of future, and the youth is seeing that, and we are intervening. I, I, I don't have much time, but I can say the BLM movement in the U.S. was hugely inspiring to Sweden. We had 8,000 people come out onto the streets. Our comrades 
and they were met with a brutal, brutal response from the police. These are some of the most oppressed layers in society coming out, the children of immigrants that are speaking up against injustice, against uh, police repression uh, and, 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 you know, systematic abuse also here in Sweden. And they were going in with force. And there was one, one young girl being interviewed in Swedish media saying, you know, I thought Swedish police was different. Now I can see the Swedish police is actually exactly the same as the U.S. police. Now, if that's true, I mean, that's another question, but it shows the development of consciousness. There were our comrades were down there in these demonstrations. No leadership. There was no actual organizing behind this. So we show up, we start giving revolutionary speeches, and people start circling around our young comrades, presenting our revolutionary program. In that manner, people are very open, very receptive to our ideas. The best are looking for a way out. They're looking for serious explanations. And look, we're not a big group. We can't lead mass struggles. We can't, you know, today struggle for the leadership of the labor movement. But we can provide explanations where we can make sure that the best from these movements don't get demoralized when the movement fizzles out due to the limitations of the leadership, that they have maintained the perspective. The question is, what comes next? What comes next after the crisis of reformism? We used to get 50% in the polls. Now, in the, in the elections, now I saw the polls, they got 24% just this week, the Swedish Social Democratic Party, which really is the strongest social democratic party probably on this planet, okay? 24%, that's all they could get during crisis. And this opens opportunities for us. And the Swedish Marxists are trying, you know, to, to do everything in our power to really uh, use these possibilities to the full, to participate and to do our part in building the forces of revolutionary Marxism and building the international Marxist tendency. So uh, we uh, are very enthused by the successes of the U.S. section, and we wish you uh, all the luck and uh, together, in our lifetime, we will be able to end the capitalist system and build socialism. That's it for me. Thank you, comrades. Thank you so much, Stefan. That was uh, wonderful. And, and thanks for pointing out, we definitely aren't large enough yet uh, to start leading mass movements. Uh, but we, we are growing and we can provide uh, ideas that are very much sought after. Uh, and, and clearly, you know, uh, if we only had just a few more people uh, in Sweden, you know, those kinds of rallies where we get that kind of echo, that's precisely at our role in, in those movements. And also thank you for debunking the myth of Scandinavian socialism. Uh, we can say Sweden is not socialist yet, but if we do our work right, uh, soon enough, we will have a socialist uh, Sweden. Uh, thank you, comrade. And next uh, on the stack is uh, Nurdin Siani from Morocco, uh, who yeah. is also uh, leading uh, the work of the uh, basically Arab-speaking uh, countries uh, for the IMT. So go ahead, Nordin. Oh, hi, comrades. It's uh, such an honor for me to speak in at, uh, at uh, this historical activity. Uh, con congratulations for this very inspiring activity, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, first, I want to apologize for my terrible English accent, and I doubt is uh, I doubt. I doubt if, if anyone can translate my English to real world English, but uh, that is what, uh, uh, in the Middle East and North Africa, we are living through a moment of relative calm. 
and even a retreat of the mass movement that we have seen last few years. This is somehow normal, and we have explained it in many of our articles. Marxists know that the revolutionary mass movement pass inevitably through periods of retreat and tiredness after big struggles, if there is no leadership and no organization. But nevertheless, this is not a bad situation from our point of view. On the contrary, the situation is characterized on one hand by a very deep crisis of capitalism and austerity is the only response that governments have. The living conditions are worse than 10 years before. On the other hand, people, especially the youth, are searching for a way out and have questions that want to be answered. They are more open to the revolutionary ideas. So this temporarily calm moment we are passing through is good for us to build our forces, the forces of the IMT. Because it's easier to build in a period of calm than in stormy periods. And indeed, we are seizing this opportunity to spread the ideas of Marxism and build the revolutionary organizations in preparation for the inevitable new rise of the class struggle. By the way, the masses in this region are not a crowd of fanatics or fundamentalists by nature, like the Western media likes to describe them. The working class in this region of the world had a very deep and great left-wing, revolutionary, and even communist traditions. That was the case in Iraq, Iran, Egypt, Yemen, Morocco, etc. If there is a rise of this ugly form of reaction, it's because of the crimes of the imperialists and their best friends in the region, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Turkey, etc., who created and financed these monsters. Sooner or later, the masses will rise again and will restore their revolutionary tradition. And we are doing our best to, to be ready when the moment comes. In this context, we are organizing a weekly Marxist discussion group with the participation of contacts from many key countries of the region. It's open uh, group. We have a Facebook Marxist page that includes more than 19,800 members. Our website, marxi.com, which is the most successful Marxist website in the whole region, received, received 120,000 visits only this year from 54,000 visitors. In October alone, we had more than 13,000 visits from more than 5,700 visitors. Most visits are from Morocco, Egypt, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Tunisia, and Algeria, and that is significant in itself. This reflects that people are searching for the ideas and deep analysis. We are publishing a magazine every couple of months. The last issue, issue of, of October, in its digital form, had 397 visits and 265 downloads. And in the same context of providing the theoretical arsenal to the next generation of fighters for socialism in the region, we have already translated Lenin and Trotsky what they really stood for. And we are 
we have recently finished the translation of Bolshevism, The Route to Revolution, which, we will be, we, which will be published next month. Before closing my intervention, I want to assure you that the whole world is looking with great hope to the, the American working class struggles. And every step you, the US section of the IMT, take forward is one that humanity as a world takes toward emancipation. Long live the, the IMT. Thank you very much, comrade. Thanks, Nordin, uh, for that excellent report. Uh, and a lot of the countries you mentioned, yet again, areas of the world where US imperialism has totally uh, wrecked uh, and caused a great chaos, sectarianism, wars, uh, but it's something that we can work on uh, to make sure that we have a socialist revolution here, uh, which will greatly help in the struggle for socialism in those countries as well. Uh, so the next up, uh, we have uh, Florian Keller from Der Funke, which is the Austrian section of the IMT. Uh, Florian, are you ready to speak? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me and revolutionary greetings from all the comrades in Austria. Um, Austria is a very small country in Europe, just under 9 million inhabitants. Um, so maybe you don't know too much about Austria, but definitely the youth, which is politically interested in Austria, knows a lot about the US. Um, especially beginning with the movement around Sanders and the struggle against the Trump presidency in the last years. Um, very often when we discussed what is the best uh, uh, topic to, to connect with the politically interested youth and the revolutionary youth in Austria, we came to the conclusion, well, we should speak about the US. So I'm very pleased that I can speak <laughs> to comrades and uh, friends of the organization in, in the USA about our experiences. Because we saw uh, this um, also in practice when Black Lives Matter, the movement kicked off in, uh, uh, in the US, there were also, like other comrades mentioned, also many uh, demonstrations in many towns and cities uh, all across Austria. Uh, the biggest one in Vienna had uh, over 50,000 uh, participants and the crowd was very, very young and very radical. So um, for, for a long time, uh, uh, the bourgeoisie and the capitalists in Austria used racism to, uh, to split the working class and the youth and to, to build support for their parties. Chancellor Kurz's way to power, uh, uh, the conservative one who is now uh, in power, uh, was on playing on racism, and now he, he got an answer um, uh, sparking off from a movement which started off in the U.S. So the mood was very radical when we organized our, um, our big block in this demonstration. Uh, the most successful slogan, which connected the most with the youth, um, uh, going there was One Solution Revolution. Uh, and uh, that was really felt, but... Uh, it also showed this demonstration uh, why it is needed that there is a revolutionary socialist uh, organization uh, everywhere worldwide, but also in a country like Austria. Um, so um, even though the youth who participated was very radical, um, the people who organized uh, the demonstrations and who led the movement, uh, leaders of social democracy, socialist youth, uh, Green Party, so 
reformists and left uh, liberals, uh, so to speak, um, uh, were, were very timid in what they said. Actually, when an activist of socialist youth uh, was on uh, one of the main organizers uh, spoke on national TV in a long interview about what the movement should uh, was all about and what could be done to end racism, uh, he said, we need more black policemen and uh, we need anti-racist schools for policemen. So you can see how uh, identity politics uh, poisons uh, every every pore of, uh, of Austrian politics in this respect. Um, and also, uh, so even though there is a workers' party, a social democracy in Austria, it's not enough to have a workers' party, but you need a workers' party um, with a revolutionary socialist program and a revolutionary socialist leadership um, to end capitalism and uh, um, fight uh, fight for our goals. Um, uh, with that not being the case, uh, uh, the, the leadership of the workers' movement in Austria um, is all about social partnership and working together with the bourgeoisie. Um, so we know we have to build um, to to uh, do our um, part in ending capitalism worldwide uh, to build the IMT. Um, and with that, we are quite successful. We had um, a lot of growth in the last period. Um, now we are active, uh, or we have branches rather, in two-thirds of all the cities and towns, over 100,000 inhabitants, uh, which are actually only six, but <laughs> you can do the math uh, for that. Um, and we normally do most of the work we do um, uh, in our 16 branches is uh, youth work, open youth work, trying to win over uh, the revolutionary youth uh, towards, uh, towards the Marxist program and the Marxist organization. Um, now, uh, Austria is uh, the uh, number one country with the most uh, coronavirus cases in the last seven days uh, on the world. So all the Schools and all the universities are closed again. Uh, we need to do our best to, to connect nonetheless, but we also see um, how the working class really has the power to, uh, to end, uh, uh, end this uh, capitalist um, um, oppression all, all, on, all, all on that. And we also did a lot of work in, uh, in trying to, winning, uh, to win over the best uh, uh, best workers and the most radical uh, workers. We did a lot of work in uh, social sector strikes, which developed. We intervened there with our own program and organized uh, against the union leadership. Um, we organized with the nurses uh, in Vienna who had a big movement, which won actually a year ago. Um, uh, won with our ideas, the ideas of Marxism, uh, of trying to to connect the struggle and to put pressure on the unions to, to support it. It was a so-called uh, wildcat struggle. And we also intervene in a lot of um, um, uh, cases of uh, big industrial plants being closed down with the, um, with the um, slogan to nationalize the plants under workers' control as there's a very, very much growing unemployment now. Um, so uh, uh, we are still relatively small, um, uh, although uh, Austria is a small country, we need to grow more and we will do that in the, the coming years with uh, the knowledge to, that we have that uh, 
also in the belly of the beast, the struggle uh, for socialism and revolution goes on. We're not alone. <laughs> uh, we have the international Marxist tendency to inspire us all over the world, which all the great reports did for me uh, uh, seriously. Um, so congratulations to, to your fantastic school again, and uh, good luck in uh, killing off the dragon in its lair. <laughs> Thank you very much, Flo. Thanks for that report. Uh, we are getting to the end of our speaker list. We have two more speakers left. Uh, next up will be Carlos Hernán, followed by Ben Glinetsky. So uh, Carlos uh, is uh, an activist organizer uh, who's helping to uh, head off the work in Chile. As you know, since last year, there have been important political developments in Chile since last October, to be precise. And... Uh, in the past, we did have some isolated comrades and sympathizers, but it was not until these events happened in Chile that we, we were able to actually consolidate a group, an initial group um, with comrades like myself, who I, I live in Montreal, but also with uh, comrades and sympathizers in the ground, in Santiago, in Valparaíso, and in Arica, which is a, an important city in the northern part of, of Chile in the border with with Peru. Um, so yeah, probably you've been aware, uh, last October 2019, uh, a big movement sparked, uh, actually a insurrectionary mass movement that <coughs> question, it was going against the, the whole uh, regime inherited from the dictatorship. The slogan, the main slogan was, it's not 30 pesos, is 30 years. It was not about an isolated economic demand only, but it was against the whole regime. And on this, the protagonists were the youth, were the women, were the working class. We were not surprised as we actually in the past years, we, were, we, we have been following uh, these events of especially the students, the women's movement, the Mapuche people, and, and many other important struggles. Um, and then we also saw in this uh, in this uh, October rebellion, as uh, as we like to call it, um, we saw the development of uh, self-organization uh, organs, right? Like self-defense committees called uh, Primera Línea, and uh, we saw also uh, assemblies or cabildos, as they call it. Um, and this is very important because it shows a, a, a genuine, a true, a real uh, movement towards uh, of political independence of the masses. And the highest point was the general strike of the 12th November, which was one of the, the most important general strike the country have seen in the past decades. And this forced actually the ruling class to agree a constituent assembly, which is a very uh, important demand for the people because this is a constitution that, that, that dates from the dictatorship. So naturally, we, we all hate this, this, this constitution, but at the, at the same time, we must understand that, that it won't resolve any problem. And given these terrible circumstances for the regime, uh, it was only a way out to, uh, from the crisis to save the institutions, the bourgeois institutions. Uh, um, from this movement. 
and uh, yeah, this this movement was advancing, getting some concessions, uh, feeling more secure of its own demands, of its own means. But then the pandemic came, and it was a little bit strange for everyone. Um, and uh, yeah, in particular for our group during the pandemic, we had the International Marxist University um, with like thousands of people connected. And it was also a big uh, step forward for us. We got in contact with uh, dozens of uh, people interested in Chile. And since then we have been publishing, writing articles, and this group, uh, there is a handful of comrades who meets weekly. And there is a periphery of um, uh, a few contacts who come regularly to our uh, events. We do hold uh, reading groups, um, reading the, the classic of Marxism. But also we, we hold uh, discussions on current events because people are very interested on, on having a, a Marxist analysis on, on, on current events because things move so fast and sometimes can be very confusing, the, these whole maneuvers especially of the reformists, um, they, are, they, they can be hard to understand and, and they come to the Marxists to, to, to analyze, to discuss these, these events. And uh, it is in that sense that, that the, the, the INT in Chile with this group seek, seeks to connect with those layers of society, as I mentioned, the youth, the women, the working class who came out uh, in, in, in mass uh, in the scene of history to the streets to struggle and uh, to recover those new traditions or old traditions uh, that, that we found in the last October, right? To the general strike of self-organization and to demand the end of, uh, of, of, this, uh, of the government of Piñera. And also for liberty for the imprisoned people, because there are still thousands of people uh, uh, in prison uh, for revolting against this, this, the, this capitalist system. Uh, and it is in that sense that we are we are, we are confident because uh, although we have a small group, uh, our ideas, which are also the ideas, the traditions of the IMT, they, they do connect with a working class base. We have uh, construction workers, miners uh, in the public sector, health workers, teachers. These are the, the people that are in contact with us. These are the people who come to us and, and uh, to, to discuss. So we're very uh, confident again in the uh, to having the support as well of other Latin American sections, uh, and also uh, it has been said. I will repeat it. Uh, we cannot exaggerate this enough, especially in a, from a country for, uh, as Chile. How important is the work in the United States for us? Uh, the, the the work you will do there, the, the work you are doing, the work we are doing today. So if anyone there. Uh, have not still joined Socialist Revolution, uh, please do get in contact, read the articles, and uh, yeah, great work, thank you. Thank you very much, comrade, and that is absolutely very exciting to see these developments uh, of the IMT in Chile, absolutely a country where, as we know, the role the United States played, the CIA played in propping up a coup uh, that implemented the dictatorship of Pinochet, which leads to, I mean, the movements that we're seeing today are a result of, of, of the, 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 of the uh, role that uh, imperialism played back then and, and the dictatorship and um, the whole period. So uh, very exciting to hear this. And this takes us to the last speaker, uh, which is Ben Glinetsky of Socialist Appeal, the British section of the IMT. Comrade, please uh, take it away. Thank you, Laura. 
Uh, good evening, comrades. It's a pleasure to be here. The pandemic in Britain has created chaos for what was an already incompetent Tory government. And in the midst of that chaos, the capitalist class, the ruling class, is looking for someone that they can rely on. And Keir Starmer, the new leader of the Labour Party, is very enthusiastic about presenting himself as someone that the capitalist class can rely on. He's very much of the right wing, of the Blairite wing of the party. And in his zeal to prove himself a reliable representative of big business within the Labour Party, he has decided uh, to most recently suspend Jeremy Corbyn from the Labour Party, as I'm sure many comrades are aware. And this is part of a broader attack on the left that has been continuing really from the day after he, he was elected leader of the Labour Party. And so the Marxists in Britain are fighting this uh, and, and highlighting it above all for what it really is. It's shrouded, of course, in all kinds of uh, mudslinging and smearing and all the rest of it. But what, we, what we're highlighting is that this is a, an attack on the left of the party, on, on that wing of the party that represents the interests of working class people most accurately at the present time, by the right wing of the party who represents the interests of big business, the interests of capital within the Labour Party. And I would actually say that the Marxists are among the only people really, uh, and then Socialist Appeal, the, the Marxists in the Labour Party are really the only people highlighting this fact. There has been a lot of weakness on the left in the Labour Party. There's been a lot of cowering in the face of the threats of the right wing to suspend people, uh, to shut down local parties. And this is what the right wing is, is threatening. But in response to those threats, we need to stand up and fight back rather than accept it. And I would say that the role of, of socialist appeal in Britain at the moment within the Labour Party is to provide a bit of backbone. That's what we're trying to do, to be able to stand up against this very blatant attack on the left wing of the party. And so we have a presence in, I actually don't know the exact number, it's around 50 or 60 of the local Labour parties. There are 650 in total in the country. We have a presence in 50 or 60 of them, and we are pushing resolutions, trying to get them passed. In most cases, they're being blocked bureaucratically. They're refusing, the right wing are refusing to allow any kind of discussion on these questions, but doesn't stop us raising them. And we're generally making the case and trying to win people over to our ideas. Um, and above all, we're making the case that you can't appease the right. They're trying to clear us out. They're suspending Jeremy Corbyn. They're trying to clear out the left of the party to make the Labour Party safe for capitalism. And so we say, you should be cleared out. We should clear the right wing out. The Labour Party needs to be a party of the, uh, of the working class. Um, and, uh, and this is the fight that is taking place at the moment that, that the Marxist tendency is, is throwing itself into. The economic crisis is obviously causing developments also on the trade union front in Britain. At the moment, there is a, an election on uh, for the general secretary position, the leader of the largest union in the country, which is called Unison, predominantly a public sector union. And there is a very good left candidate uh, in that election. 
someone who has spoken at, at socialist appeal events before, for example, uh, and whose policies are very much to the left. Uh, he's a rank and file member of the union. And among other things, he has promised, for example, to take uh, the average worker's wage if he is elected as leader of the union, which is quite a rare thing among trade union leaders, at least in Britain. I can't speak for other countries. And uh, and that he's entitled to a massive a six-figure uh, salary as the general secretary of the union, but he's pledged to only take the worker's wage. And that has gone down an absolute storm with a large layer of the uh, rank and file of the union. And his campaign is going very well. Um, it's, it's not clear who's going to win that election. The, the results will, will be announced, I think, towards the end of this month. Um, but the the members of uh, or the, the members of Unison, the members of this union who are also supporters of Socialist Appeal, are very active in his campaign. In particular, uh, mobilising young people uh, who are also members of the union, and in particular, also on uh, on the social media front. And of course, we're linking these uh, these bits of the, these these questions, linking this campaign to the ideas of Marxism. And we have Marxist caucuses also in other trade unions, in the civil servants union uh, and uh, in the teachers and lecturers unions. There's a big ferment going on on these fronts as well. And the Marxists are involved uh, to one degree or another. And uh, and also, of course, the youth are, are, are the most radicalized layer of society. We have Marxist societies at uh, around 40 universities around the country. And there's a lot of talk about rent strikes, for example, at the moment at universities, uh, because the, the students are being locked down in, in inadequate accommodation. And so in many places, they're threatening to, to, to strike. On, and in some places, they are actually striking and refusing to pay their rent. In Manchester, there's an occupation currently taking place over this question at the university, and our comrades are involved with that. As well as the universities, we're also now building up a presence at around a dozen schools. The Tories have recently banned any teaching around anti-capitalist themes in Britain, which is the best advert that we could possibly have asked for, uh, because obviously you ban something for school students and they want to find out about it. And so this has given us a bit of an opening to put some of our ideas across to school students. Uh, and what we are doing in Britain, what, what the comrades are doing, and, and judging by this event and, and all the other reports that I've heard, the comrades in the US are doing extremely well, um, is trying to do justice to these revolutionary traditions uh, that have been handed down to us. And, uh, and I'm very optimistic seeing this event that we are going to do justice to those. Thank you so much, uh, comrade. And I think uh, this was an excellent lineup. I think this really gave us a taste of what the IMT is doing across the whole world. A lot of other sections that are doing excellent work that we weren't able to, to invite. Uh, and that gives us a picture of the kind of work that we will be carrying out in the United States in the not too distant future that we need to prepare for. Uh, there's not too much more to add after after this, uh, this great uh, event. Uh, but I do want to make uh, an appeal because you can imagine that uh, this kind of work we're building in all these countries, a lot of new sections being established, uh, this comes at a price. Uh, and the kind of resources that, that we need in order to build a truly international organization are large uh, resources. Uh, and so I want to make a, a very serious appeal to you uh, that if you're able to donate any amount of money uh, to the cause of international socialism, this will go a great, uh, great way in helping us with this. Uh, every dollar that we are able to raise here 
uh, is going to help not just the building of the forces of Marxism in the US, but it's going to help building of the forces of Marxism in Pakistan, in Venezuela, in Indonesia, and in uh, numerous other countries uh, where, by the way, uh, the US currency has a lot more weight. And so any amount that you can give extra here from the United States will make a big, big impact in a lot of these countries. Uh, I think that the report from the comrades in, in Pakistan uh, really helped to put things into perspective too, in terms of the kinds of sacrifices that they have to make, uh, where even just being active in the movement puts you at risk of losing your life. Uh, and so I think that whatever sacrifices we can do on our end and financial sacrifices, of course, it's not easy, but uh, it does uh, provide uh, with, with the funds that we can raise here, uh, we will use that to help the comrades in Pakistan uh, with their struggle and many, many other countries. This is a very, very serious appeal that we're making so we can build the forces of international uh, proletarian revolution, which is the only cause that is worth sacrificing and struggling for in this historic moment. And, and, and just to finish up, comrades, uh, we've been seeing that the ideas of Marxism are growing worldwide. More people than ever before are turning to these ideas. Uh, this hasn't always been this way. There has been a time uh, not so long ago in the United States, uh, but also worldwide, where we were swimming against the stream. Uh, and it was hard to find one or two people interested in and who weren't hostile to the ideas of socialism. That is no longer the case. So we must be extremely optimistic for the future of the socialist movement. Uh, at the same time, I would like to emphasize what Joel said earlier, which is that capitalism will not overthrow itself. Uh, 2020 has made it very clear that the choices before humanity are socialism or barbarism. So it is a race against time. If you aren't yet organized, make sure that you uh, join the international Marxist tendency, uh, get in contact with us, and, and let's fight for a socialist future, comrades. Thanks for listening to Socialist Revolution Podcast. This will be the last episode of 2020. This year has been uh, one of incredible crises, catastrophes, and revolutionary opportunities. We'll be taking a break for the holidays, but we won't be going anywhere in 2021. The crisis of the system will definitely continue through the new year, so we'll be back with regular updates and episodes on revolutionary theory and strategy. In the meantime, you can listen to a lot of our back episodes. We have over 20 different podcast episodes that we've published since we started this project earlier this year. You can visit socialistrevolution.org for a lot of Marxist news and analysis, theoretical articles on all kinds of issues that affect the working class. So make sure that you visit socialistrevolution.org. You'll also find information there to help us with our work. You can subscribe to Socialist Revolution magazine. You can help us by donating or even better, reach out to get involved. With that, we wish you a Merry Marksmas and a Happy Red New Year.